0: to anime of the sea to sky have been a little on the low end of the past couple of weeks with a couple of the shows finally coming to an end towards the spring anime season as well as going back and forth between the islands as the rain has been running up all on the west coast so we're getting a little bit of juniary as we kind of expect to happen every week or two throughout the course of the month but outside of that things have been running pretty well But outside of that, you're going to have a couple of things to look forward to, at least between Anime Expo. It's not really something that I prioritize to go to, considering just how jam-packed it is. But at the very least, you're going to be getting a lot of premieres if you end up spending the money and make the trek out there. So at the very least, you're going to be getting seasonal premieres like Eminence of the Shadow Season 2, which didn't necessarily took up my fancy because everything on paper turned me off immediately. And even though... The overall reception to it was quite positive. It definitely doesn't seem to be something anywhere nearby Strike Zone, so I think I'll just leave that at that and let the people go enjoy the opportunity to go see that before it premieres in the summer season, as well as the new Roroni Kenshin anime and Rascal Does Not Dream of a Sister venturing out, since that film is going to be coming out later in the year to theaters and I would imagine fans are going to be very excited to have the opportunity to go see that and witness it. And then in terms of actual guests, regardless if it's going to be through production meetings and production panels or people that go in between producers as well as voice actors, animators, and through the like, you have both the CEO and producer of MAPPA, represented from Studio Kafka, which is a very recently made studio that was ahead of Ancient Magic Bride Season 2, which came out this year, Takeo Aguchi, who is the Void of Lord Forger from Spy Family, the director from Campfire Cooking in Another World, as well as one of the producers from Mushoku Tensei. So you're going to have more than enough opportunities and more than enough people lined up to give you quite a good weekend of stuff to do, at least laning up into the first week of July. But then outside of that, we have a somewhat release date for the Blue Giant film, considering that G-Kids has acquired the rights to screen the film in North America this year. Uh, When? I have legitimately no idea. It ended up debuting in Japan back in February 17th, and it's going to be making its international debut inside the Annecy Festival, taking place in the same name as France, earlier this week. So I would have to guess this film is going to be debuting in North America around either late July or early August, but only time will tell. I'm legitimately curious to see how the rest of this is going to go, considering that this is going to be done by Studio Nut as well as from the director of Death Parade, Mob Psycho, and Decadence, which is something I'm really curious about. Even though it's not going to cover the entire story, I'm legitimately curious to see how this is going to pan out. And I guess to end it on a little bit of a positive note for me, considering that even though it was shown that at some point in time, the original Fire Emblem 7, or in this case, Blazing Sword, with Ellawood, Lynn, and Hector were going to be coming out at some point on the online international Nintendo Switch online package, we finally ended up getting a release date of june 22nd so considering one of my next episodes is going to be on fire emblem engage and essentially how that's going to be lining up with the rest of how it goes i'm honestly curious to see how this is going to pan out and how many people are going to have the opportunity to go and experience this for the first time or if it has been a while since they haven't been able to dust off their cartridges get the opportunity to have this on the switch and take it with them on the go just like back in the days when we had our Game Boy advance and sps strapped up ready to go to take on any long distance car trip plane ride or just anywhere that we could think of along the road now there's going to be a lot of recommendations lining up towards the shows that ended up coming out in the spring season this year but at least for me in particular the recommendations that we're going to be giving throughout this episode is mostly going to be focused on character drama shows where it's just yes You can almost technically call anything a character drama, considering that you can put it in any genre, any scenario, any setting. It's going to be the characters that are going to be pushing the story forward. But the ones, to me, that make this a little more different are the ones that go through and have character-defining moments that not only are they dynamic and ever-changing, unless they are static, which is the point of the character, it is something where they are the center force of the story. And regardless of the background, events that are moving the plot, they are the ones who are at the root of every story that leads into these recommendations. So at the very least, it's tougher to recommend these first five, so at least I'm going to shotgun those to the point where all of these are at least 26 episodes or more, whether it be all the way up to 76 episodes or some that are 26 episodes in a handful of films that it's tougher to give these recommendations to say like hey right off the bat i want you to get into this like 50 episode show where it's just not it's not necessarily worth it unless you really are interested in the source material there unless you're incredibly interested in the source material as well as the story that it's presenting moving forward but to be fair to start those off we'll go with monster which was a show done by studio madhouse based on the highly acclaimed manga of the same name done by Naoki Urasawa. Now the story is basically just about a neurosurgeon based in Europe who is essentially being forced into a tough decision about the choice of either saving a child or saving the life of the town's mayor and the ramifications that that choice is going to have, bleeding out to the rest of it in the sense that it is one that focuses on the morals and how far those can be stretched, especially in the words of Tenma who is the Doctor in this case, and how essentially he's going to be able to move forward with the choice that he has been given, as that one choice that he makes throws everything around him as well as his own life into pure and utter chaos. And then another interesting one to get into, which a lot of people just go through as a mecca, but in this case it is definitely one that is focused entirely on the characters that operate the mechs themselves, which is Evangelion. And how essentially forcing a boy with horrifically bad childhood trauma and family issues to go and be the only one who can pilot a robot that can stop the only things from destroying the world as we know it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best option or the best choice that you have but essentially in this world circumstances be damned it's the only one you have and so even though it is phenomenally well done especially with the overarching ripples that this was able to make on the anime industry as a whole what this show definitely excels at is the tropes that we ended up getting mal with modern ones as well especially when you come to the dere the sundere the yandere the dandre basically all of the major tropings that we can find nowadays this one legitimately throws you into the midst of it where it's just kind of like you can't have that trope as a human being without having some kind of trauma or some kind of legitimate reason for you to act in such an abnormal way And considering how long the series has been essentially stretched out to, even though it hasn't been going year by year and you only get a couple of pieces, the amount of content that lines up through the rest of this series is more than challenging enough even outside of the 26-episode show that you could still get a more than enough solid conclusion of, but what they're able to do with that is basically up to you. But then one that's a little more uplifting is through Mob Psycho 100, where even though the characters in this show are given basically divine psychic powers that would be able to make all of their lives incredibly easier, we follow Mob, who is essentially using almost none of them to help him for his own gain. It is a phenomenal show that even though it just recently finished at around 39 episodes, it is a journey of self-worth, self-discovery, and being able to push yourself forward outside of the gifts that you have honestly been given. Now, we have Star Wars out in the West, and out in the East, the closest thing I can give is Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Now, there might be any psychic powers like Mob Psycho or laser swords leading in through the rest of, like, the Jedi in Star Wars, but even though there are huge blasters and large-scale intergalactic ship battles that go through as a game of cat and mouse or a chessboard that spans multiple galaxies, the 110-plus episode show really does have a great opportunity to go and meld out the large cast of characters that you've been given and every single one of them has the opportunity to go and make a huge impact along a galaxy-wide century-spanning war that is always on the precipice of tilting one way or another and so if are a huge fan of space operas, then i could definitely give you legend of the galactic heroes as it's been going through i still haven't jumped into the remastered version of it as it is still airing currently but the 110 episodes that you can get from the classic is still worth the watch in my eyes and then for a show that's about 50 episodes 50 52 uh, march comes like a lion is definitely a phenomenal character drama in the sense that trying to find a purpose outside of something that you are using as a career regardless of what you've been able to accomplish or whatever what happened to you including trauma including lost family including everything else how you are able to build yourself back up from the depths of that headspace to try and feel that there is always something better than life. There's always something for you to go through and move forward, considering that our main character has basically lost his entire family in a tragic car accident, and through the last several years, he's only been able to go through and use Shogi as his method of getting outside the house, as well as moving forward with his life and trying to use it as an accommodation and a career. potential found family that he is not able not only to share with himself but with the kawamoto sisters is honestly one of the most wholesome family dynamics i've seen in anime periods so i would definitely go out and give recommend giving that one watch and now these ones are a lot easier to recommend considering that i wholeheartedly would give any of these a shot if you were in the mood for something that is more on a character focused one now all these shows i would definitely give a good recommendation because they're short they're straight to the point and they are all complete stories So you don't necessarily have to worry about any of these stretching on all of them are just open and shut cases along with a lot of the other shows that i was able to give in the past but these ones are anywhere between 12 and 26 episodes and they are perfect they are succinct and they get to the point incredibly quickly but the first one i would definitely recommend is going through odd taxi as is one of the more recent ones that has come out in the past couple of years this is definitely a story that is a, a little odd at first that gets carried by its dialogue thoroughly as it is a animal gentrified show that goes through and every single person is an animal inside the crowd where we go through and we try to figure out the mystery behind the body that has been dumped in the river what has been happening around our main taxi driver main character as to the happenings between the idol industry the yakuza and the police force that goes through and tries to keep the peace. And so it is a phenomenal, witty, back and forth expose into kind of like a neo noir thriller. And even though our character, our main character, is a good lens for us to view everything else because he is incredibly monotone and he is incredibly simple minded, he still wants to do the right thing and help as many people as possible, regardless of what he is going to be able to be pushed through, especially with how he was able to get into his current job in the first place. So odd taxi is a phenomenal watch definitely go through there i was trying to figure out if i even wanted to put this on but i mean a place for the universe every single time i look back on it is something that i always remember having a hopeful and optimistic look at what you're able to go through and a hopeful and optimistic look as what you were able to accomplish not only by yourself but with the drive of the friends that you're able to able to make along the way as basically the only bad thing I can say about the show is that you normally have a moment that is incredibly cathartic and a huge emotional release with all the characters building up their stress and their trauma into one triumphant moment. The show itself tries to have one of those moments every episode, and it does kind of get grating, and it definitely starts just losing a little bit of its impact every consistent episode that they do it, but the ones that actually hit takes a shot directly at my soul with what this kind of optimism is able to go through and push our characters forward, and... The more and more I look back on it and the moments that you're able to go through, considering that it's a simple but complicated story as a group of Japanese schoolgirls try to go to Antarctica. How they're going to be doing that, what kind of connections you need, the time and sacrifice that you have to spend in order to not only acquire funds or what time of the year that you're going through and what supplies you're going to need and what kind of connections and people that you will meet along the way inside of that journey is all explored here in great detail and all gives you a really nice positive spin on not necessarily the power of friendship, but what having a good core group of people around you, what happens when you have a good core group of people that always bounce off of you to a good degree and each member of that group helping each other become better people as a result now at least for the sports section of this ping pong the animation is still probably one of my favorite shows of all time and what it's able to do with an incredibly basic oh look it's a high school sports show it's every we got to do it for the senpais we got to win the championships but this is solos this is singles matches and in between ping pong but The Ping-Pong, even though it is done to a good degree of polish and skill and speed, it is all about the character drama that happens outside of the courts, and what they're able to accomplish with how these characters change and fall and fail and grow as people is basically the real meat of the story, and it does it to a phenomenal way. Because it's just high school students with varying degrees of success and varying degrees of talent and what that talent does to those at the top and those who are still trying to break through but are never going to be able to go through and each different character encompasses a different part of that spectrum as the story goes on and it does a phenomenal job leading towards a conclusion that you feel is earned as well as who what this sport does to make these friends and enemies and comrades and family by pushing them to be all become better people and Run With The Wind is just going to be very succinct and sweet. It made me run a half marathon. It, <laughs> When my sister was going through after I ended up running a 10K, and it was just kind of like, ah, do I really need to move forward with this? Because it's just so much more work to line that up from a 10K to a 20K into a 42K. But it was just kind of like, no, go through this. Have the opportunity. Go meet the characters. See why they're all doing this in the first place. What they're going to be able to accomplish by taking part in the Ekoden, and what it means to their futures as they move on and use running to push them towards an ideal future that they didn't believe that they had earned, and they didn't believe that they would be able to go through an experience in the first place. Because that's basically all it is. It's a crew of university students this time, not high schoolers, so at least you got a little bit of a difference towards that and how they're able to go through and use running some who've never run before, some who have given it up, some who have never even tried and never even want to go through, but how this helps them literally move forward as better people, and how they're able to change in the midst of them trying to form this tight group dynamic and push them forward to the point that they'll be able to go through and achieve not necessarily the impossible, but achieve something that none of them, not even the country, expected that they would be able to do. And honestly, this has one of the better ensemble casts that I've seen inside of anime period, especially whenever it comes to a school setting. Even though it's not high school, university still gives you the opportunity to still have those same dynamics, but put them in a closer light depending on your age and what kind of experience that you're looking for. And then finally, considering that I'm thinking about doing a panel on these guys, well, depending if it gets accepted or not, uh, Rakugo or Showa Roku Rakugo Shinju. I'm currently going through a rewatch on this as this used to be still sitting on the list as my favorite drama in anime period as it literally goes through the Showa era and how that moves forward with the tradition and the culture and the history of Rakugo as well as how they're going to be able to move forward with the art and its genre and comedy itself as it has to evolve and survive in the midst of a changing entertainment landscape as we move out of the Showa era and into the modern day and how the ones that are Still young, but are passionate about keeping this old art form alive and how that moves forward into not only expanding the scope of Rakugo as a whole, but on its history as well. And the first season, as a whole, because it's 24 episodes, like two 12 episode seasons, the first season hasn't necessarily been gripping me as much as I would have expected as it did previously, but from what I recall, the second season definitely, as the story is reaching its climax, and as we get more and more of a clearer picture on how this entire story has been told either out of order or with fractions of the truth, and this unreliable narrator kind of goes through and gives us the bits and pieces that we need, but never being able to fit properly in the grander scheme of things. And so I'm kind of curious to see how the rest of that holds up, but from memory, as what the show was able to accomplish, especially with every character getting their due taking this classic art form not necessarily grandizing it but giving it a strong foundation to move forward into the future i really did enjoy how they were able to take all of these different points to a art form and something that i had no interest for and had no idea what it was period but how they're able to go through and move this kind of art form around is honestly a miraculous stake to behold considering that the premise is very simple dude in the 60s is basically getting out of jail considering that he used to be yakuza he took the fall but after a rakugo performer was able to go through and open his eyes to how fun that specific form of comedy can be not necessarily even comedy but there's also drama there's also romance there's it is a multi-person play all condensed into one man sitting on a cushion being able to recount these stories from multiple different perspectives And why this one Rakugo master is towards the twilight of his career, why he at the very end would want to take away an apprentice, why he would want to go and try to push this forward even though his conflicting relationship with Rakugo is always tested throughout the entirety of his life, a long and trialing life for sure, it's always something that really makes you curious as to why he's trying to move forward in this kind of direction and what the new young apprentice is going to try to do to keep it moving forward and not make it held to just him and him alone as he passes. But yeah, I'm definitely sorry for trying to keep this low and short and with how my voice has been going as of late, but I'm glad I'll be able to go through and finish off the last of the spring season because the summer is going to be so bland in terms of the amount of shows that we're getting we're getting high profile and stuff but I'm probably only watching about four shows next season which is going to be perfect because I have to go back and re-watch Rakugo I have to re-watch Kaguya and I have to re-watch Oshinoko as well once it finishes up in the next coming weeks so at least I'm going to have uh, more than enough to talk about leading into the end of the spring season but between that and Fire Emblem more than enough for me to talk about. So cheers. Have a good one.